superstars on the phone right now. Our next great guest. Uh, looking forward to him. Two-time Adelaide Premiership superstar. One of those oh, premierships. 321 games. 321 uh-huh. games. Absolute marvellous achievement, we say. Good evening to Tyson Edwards. G'day, Tyson. Gentlemen, how are we going? Thanks for having me. Oh, no worries, mate. Thank you for joining us. Uh, where do we find you? Um, looking back at Adelaide tapes or, you know, your highlights or anything? <laughs> no, certainly not doing that. Uh, just driving home, actually. So hopefully you can hear me all right. I'm in the car, so hopefully it's uh, coming through okay. But no, I just, um, uh, the, the daily job for me now is real estate agent. Um, so, uh, yeah, flat out doing that at the moment. So yeah, having a bit of fun with that. Tyson was here, uh, yeah, 321 games to go through, of which well, 307-odd were with uh, one of your good mates there. Do you, you're quite unassuming and you're very consistent career uh, and a couple of flags in there. You must be very pleased how it all went for you. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, yeah, when I started, I... Um if you said to me that, that's how it's going to end, uh, you take that every day of the week. And uh, no, very lucky. Played in a good team uh, for a long time. Uh, played in you know quite a lot of final sort of series and um, uh, played with some amazing players. And started in a really good era too. I think you know I, I played against um, you know Gary Ablett Senior and Jason Dunstall and Tony Locker, and Dermot Brown, Stephen Coonhan, you know, all these guys. And, and then you know to play against Chris Judd and. Um, Wayne Carey and you know the list goes on it's, it's, it's such a good era uh, to play in and, and obviously the, the teammates I played with as well so no, I had a good time I had some success which is great and um, yeah absolutely loved it yeah, you had some uh, great teammates and, and some uh, different coaches. I know with Malcolm there, we always use the word different when we, when we mention Malcolm. Did the coaching sort of make much of a change in the way specifically you played? I mean, because I mean, your footy was very, as I said, consistent. Uh, did, did the coaching have a big impact on you and, and the rest of the players? Oh, yeah, that no, certainly does. I mean, each coach has their own way of doing things. Um, you know, I think um, when Blighty came on board, he, he sort of gave most guys a bit more freedom. There, there wasn't, back in those days, there wasn't the, too many team rules and and uh, things you needed to, to think about playing a game. You, you played on a bit more flair and a bit more of your natural instinct, so to speak. There were some set rules that he had, but they were really simple. Everyone knew them. So, And he, he gave you know, a license to some players to pretty much do what they want um, and others to, to play a bit more of a role. And I think we, that was the beauty of our team. We had a really good mix of players, um, some some older players, a good mix in the middle and then some young ones coming through. But, no, the coach has a, has a huge impact on, you know, if you... <laughs> If you want to keep playing, you have to oblige to uh, what the uh, what the coach says, whether you agree with it or not. Um, but they certainly certainly gained a lot from from every coach. Even you know Robert Shaw, he had Robert for two years. He was my, the coach that drafted me, and you know still learned some things off of Robert as well. You know, even though he's only there for a short time. And um, you know, Gary Gary Ayers was brilliant for me. Uh, he, he came at a time where I was at that stage to take the next step um, and he was the one that gave me the opportunity and the confidence to, to grow as a player and um, yeah, certainly love my, love my time under under Eze. Uh And who did you enjoy sort of playing with the most or even watching like one of your teammates, who did you enjoy watching the most? Oh, it's, it's very hard to go past um, I mean, it's, it's a shocking question to answer to be honest because you, you did support so many players because um, <laughs> I mean, it's, Tony Roger and Darren Jarman are the two that um, were most exciting. I mean, I've 
wished I played more footy with Mods. Um, I loved kicking the ball to him when he was leading out because he, he led at the right time. He got led into a great position, and um, even though you know you think you think you're a good kick, he, he quite often made your kick look good. Um, and then Darren Jarman could do it all, and he's just so good to watch. Uh, you know, he was amazing to play with um, and watch. You know, without him, we don't win two grand finals. There's, there's no doubt about that. So, um, but you know, there's so many others. Marashudo won a Brownlow, and Simon Goodwin, and Ben Hart, and Sean Rand, and played with Wayne Carey and against Wayne Carey, Andrew McLeod. Like, there's just uh, it, it goes on and on. So to pick out a couple is, is harsh, but I know uh, understand the question and. and um, yeah, it's, uh, it was. It, I was very lucky playing such a good era, that's for sure. Well, we, we spoke a few weeks ago to, to Mark Bickley, and, and I'm glad you didn't mention him because he didn't mention you either. But he did say he did say Jars was the best he's seen as well. So, uh, and of course, most of us know that anyway. And, and yeah, we all loved watching watching Modra. Uh, but back to the the grand finals. Yes, I mean Blight also being a, a good coach and having your set rules. He did come up with a few little things to uh, get you over the line, I would say. Yeah, he had some interesting ideas, uh, Malcolm. Lots of, um, I mean, he, he definitely coached on, on instincts. Uh, there's no doubt about that. He was, uh, and he was happy to try different things. Um, he wasn't a coach that was really regimented. I mean, look, uh, potentially like Neil Craig was pretty regimented in the way he coached. He didn't change things too much. Um, that was the game style and that was it, whether we were good enough or not. So, uh, but Blighty was, um, yeah, had some, he was the, I sort of raped or, or classified Blighty as the best coach I've ever had and, and the worst coach as well. When, when we lost, I've never seen a man angrier. Um, and when we win, uh, you know, he was good to be around. And a good teacher, actually. You know, as silly as it sounds, he was a really good teacher of, of the little skills of the game. And, and uh, yeah, but he had, uh, he had, in the final couple of final series, he had, which wasn't sort of done a lot back in those days. We had Darren Jarman kicking in from full back. And then just, you know, drifting forward and getting involved forward as well. And Rue having that license just to, um, you know, rotate as they wanted. Um, yeah. So he was, he was sort of ahead of his time a little bit with a lot of the things that, that he tried. Uh, and he, as I said, he wasn't scared to try things and, um, you know, one of his biggest strengths. Yeah. I mean, we've all got bloody th- stories and we've all heard them all. I mean, do you have do you have a favourite? Like, is there... He's just this character in the game that, uh, you know, everyone gets drawn to and, I mean, you, you hear so many things. Do you have a favourite story of Malcolm Blights? Oh, I think, the, the, I mean, there's lots of stories. There's, there's, there's probably a couple. Um, every story or anything, any any time he goes to explain something or say something, it's... Um, it always turned back to, to him. Uh, so he might be he might be talking about a team he's playing playing against this week that had only won three games this bad or something. But somehow he would turn it back onto him and how well he would do and what he would do and how how good he was. So he, he was always <laughs> talking about himself and hard to argue with him because he did everything. He so did, yeah. he, he had the license to do it. But I think um, probably the one that stands out for me the most was I think it was in that last his last year. Um, obviously won the two flags, ninety seven, ninety eight, ninety nine. We were struggling, had lots of injuries, and um, he was getting frustrated. Uh, we didn't have the, the players on the park to get the job done, and, and um, yeah, he called us into our, our warm up area one day for a game review. Um, to everyone get out there and. And stand against the wall, and it was sort of military-like. And he had a ladder, ladder standing there. I'm sure everyone, a lot of people that, that have heard of Malcolm's story about the crows would have heard this one. So it, it, he stood up on the ladder, 
called each player into the, the circle individually and um, basically just gave you a, a, the biggest spray you've ever had and then told you to get back in line. And, and that was it. So um, there's only one player that got a positive um, sort of comment, and that was Ben Hart, who was playing good footy at the time. Everyone else crossed, <laughs> crossed me. the front. So. Oh, wow. I won't go into too many big exploities, but there was a few. Just there was one game there where we actually walked um, along the boundary line before the game had finished. Uh, towards, yeah. I'm not too sure if that was the game or not, but the, I mean, you say he's the angriest man when you've lost. Uh, do you remember the end of that game and uh, what he said to you guys afterwards? Because he would have been pretty filthy that day. Yeah, no, he wasn't happy that day. Um, yeah, I mean, I must admit, I don't think Jimmy was really noticed that he had walked off. Um, you know, during the, the, I think it was sort of five, six minutes ago, whatever it was. I don't think Jimmy has really realised that he had walked off. But uh, yeah, once you got into the rooms, you, I mean, we, we knew anyway. We knew what was yeah. coming with him with a with a loss that you know you weren't meant to have. Um, and if you weren't playing the the way that he wanted you to play, you, you knew what was coming. It was, it was pretty readable, but it was just he had some of the worst sprays I've, I've ever ever heard in my time. And but you know, at the same time, really positive and a really good coach. And, and you know, um, he obviously had the respect from the players. So if he if he said something, you know, it was right, and uh, you tried to try to fix it if you were in the wrong. Did those sprays work for you? I mean, how did you sort of get up for three hundred and twenty-one games? Oh, I think everything sort of builds you. I mean, at the time, probably you don't think it helps, but, um, you know, there's, there's always a message in there. Um, and and he, you know, when when Malcolm first came, I was sort of struggling with a little bit of consistency and, and uh, you know, we had a, a few chats um, about trying to help, you know, him trying to help me get through that. And, and back in those days, you went back to the sample and played for your local club. And, you know, we I spoke about at one stage there that I, I didn't feel like it had ever been the best on ground at, you know, in league level at that sample and um, not long after we started sort of working on things in the paper in those days that's where you saw it all in the, in the advertiser there was you know I, I got best player for West Adelaide who I was playing for at the time um, and he pinned it up in my locker you know he didn't really sometimes he didn't really have to say anything he just pinned it up there and, and highlighted my name and that was the message to say look now you know you can do it so let's just continue to, to keep working on your game and, and trying to you know keep that consistency because that's what we're working on so just, he had some really subtle things that you know had a, obviously you know, a lot of experience in the game and working with lots of different players and that's one of the arts of, of coaching is trying to find what works for each individual player because not everyone's the same. We're talking to two-time premiership uh, star for the Adelaide Crows, uh, Tyson Edwards. Now, Tyson, uh, we got, I tried to get you on last week to chat about the 98 grand final. Uh, was you can close your ears for this one <laughs> as a North Melbourne supporter. But tell us, um, tell us the build-up to that because, I mean, it was an extraordinary achievement by uh, a team considering that you've won the premiership the year before, going for back-to-back, but playing all your finals interstate. I mean, it would have been just a terrific um, achievement. I mean, it is a terrific achievement. Yeah, well, we, we played the first final against Melbourne in Melbourne and got, got smoked, to be honest. We got absolutely slaughtered and, and Blighty was, once again, really, really annoyed with how we went about it. And in those days, I think that was at the time where somehow we got a second chance. So I think we finished fifth or sixth or something but and lost, but actually got a second chance. I don't know how that worked, but I think they changed the final series after that. Um, and, yeah, he was not happy. So uh, training one of his... The, really the only message was well if we're going to go out we're going to go out like that 
we're going to train really hard. So um, just get ready, boys, to bring your mouth guards Monday because it's, it's game on. Mm. And it was probably the, the, one of the hardest sort of patches of training we've had. I, don't, I, don't, I wouldn't have thought anyone up until then or since then would have trained a three-week period like we did in a finals campaign um, potent, you know, with the travel each week as well because the week after that went to Sydney, played them in the wet, um, and it was one-on-one contested tackling you know that that's all the training was because he wasn't happy with the way we played against Melbourne. So, um, you know, it was it was full on. I don't think it was the experience. I mean, as a younger player, I, I didn't really know much different. I thought, okay, this is how we do it when we have a bad loss in training finals. Um, but some of the older guys were were a little bit concerned how hard we were training and the physicality of it, um, whether we were going to last the, the whole campaign. Um, and then Malcolm wasn't wasn't too upset if we we're going to lose a couple of soldiers along the way. He said the ones that will be playing will be will be hard and ready to go and know we'll play the right way. So we had to go to Sydney after that and beat them in the wet. And then we come back and played the Bulldogs. And I think that's the year we, we destroyed the Bulldogs. Um, yeah, which and then we obviously played North Melbourne in, in the final and, and they kept us in it up to half time. And then we, we actually finally got our game going a little bit and, and ran over the top of them. So, um, yeah, but it was extraordinary. Looking back now and, and seeing what we actually did during that series as far as training goes was, was slightly ridiculous. <laughs> it's the only grand final I've I've been to, and uh, at halftime was up and about. Kerry uh, in the third quarter into an open goal hits the post, and you guys have been punished on the track. Now that I know that, uh, I think we probably should have got that one. But uh, yeah, to to come back like that, were, were there moments in that game that you thought, oh, they're getting away from us? Oh, definitely at, at halftime. It, it wasn't a good feeling, I must admit. Um, we, but the, the positive we took out of it was that that North Melbourne kept, kept us in the game because they kept missing. So it was if we could get our game going, and and I, I talked about sort of the the training we had in that final series. But what Malcolm Blight and Neil Craig at the time, who was the fitness coach, uh, did about six or eight weeks out from the finals every year we we made the finals was we actually had a three week block where we trained really really hard. Um, not so much the contested stuff, but more the the running and fitness. So we knew. If we made the finals, we'd be fit enough and, and would run over, give us confidence to run over anyone if we if we got there. And um, we took a bit of uh, confidence from that, to be honest. We we sort of um, delved into that a little bit, and Blighty made a couple of changes, but just told us to go and play. Um, he thought we looked a bit hesitant and and you know holding back a little bit in some ways. So he said, "Look, just let it go, guys." And there was a couple of guys we got a spray in there at halftime as well to, to fire things up a little <laughs> bit. But it it was to be honest, it was more the license to let's just let it rip. If we lose by twenty, we lose by twenty. But I think that's the only chance we've got of getting back in the game. So and and it started where we got some momentum. Darren Jarman took over again, and away we went. Yeah, I know Jars took over. I thought Rashudo was pretty important in that. Uh Second half as well. He took Simpson to the goal square a couple of times, I think, and just smart sort yeah. of stuff. Yeah, and I think um, Rue not playing the year before, and there was quite a there was Peter Vardy didn't play. There's quite a few guys that sort of missed out the year before with injury, and they really drove us that year to, to um, if we ever got complacent, you know, if any, if any sniff of that, then we always thought of those guys that that missed out that probably could have played um, or would have played. Uh, that uh, you know, let's let's do everything we can to get back there to get these guys a chance to to feel you know taste what it, what we had the year before. Because even though you're a big part of it, um, if you don't play, it's not quite the same feeling as when you do play. And I think everyone sort of gets that. So yeah, he was a big driver of it all. But yeah, for sure. And I mean, lots of good players. But um, I think uh, D Jarman was the one that uh, that turned both those those grand finals. And, 
without him, you know, obviously he's got to get the ball delivered to him. I understand that, but some of the things he did was astonishing. How do you look back on uh, your time in grand finals, mate? Uh, d- did you enjoy your time out there? Obviously, you won the you won the game, but uh, your, your own performances. Oh, okay, yeah, I, I was sort of just finding my way then, to be perfectly honest, and, and um, uh, trying to cement my spot in the team, and, and it hadn't really cemented a you know position either. So I was, you know, played a bit of uh, a bit of everywhere, you know, forward, back, and wing, and a bit of a not a hole filler, so to speak, but um, you know, wherever they needed someone like me to play that that's where I got put so I was um, I played okay I didn't really you know the first final I actually played on Nicky Wimmer and Nicky lost his thing with his dad a couple of days before so I didn't even know how to approach that I just felt, felt awful for the guy and he was out there playing and um, the next year I think I started on the wings um, and played there a little bit but uh, yeah I, I was okay served as the ball did my bit I guess but no great um, great memories that's for sure and, and um, yeah the first one was the first one was brilliant, um, knowing that you know we were the first team to win. Um, you know, for, for the Adelaide Footy Club, it was a, that was a, an amazing feeling. And uh, how do you think the Crows are going at the minute? I mean, they've hit um, a bit of a rebuild, but uh, do you think they're on the right track, or do you think these things need to change? Uh, they're not going that flash, I must admit. Um, no, there's, there's some good kids coming through, and I think, for me, probably the only frustrating bit is I don't think they're playing enough of them um, at the moment. I, I think if, you know, looking from afar, because I'm not really involved, because I've got a son at West Coast now, so we're probably more following, well, we are following West Coast <laughs> more than anyone else, but um, I think if um, if I was sort of involved there, that's what I'll be doing, playing the kids, get some games into them, keep picking up some, some more talent each year in the draft, and then, you know, in two or three years, you know, Riley Stilthorpe and Darcy Fogley and these guys are, are getting close to 50, 60, 70 games and that's when, um, you know, they start to know that they can they can play really well at the level and, um, but yeah, I, I just, you know, I think um, the midfield is a big worry for me at the moment. I, I just think the, the mix of players and there's not right. They need to do a lot of work in that area and but it, it takes a little bit of time, but it, it can turn quite quickly as well. You know, if you look back on when Malcolm White came to the club, we were in, we were in all sorts, and it turned straight away. So it can yeah. turn um, if you get the right mix of, of, of everything. You know, it takes the whole organisation, not just uh, a playing group or a coach. It's the whole organisation on the right page. Oh, absolutely, and I'm hoping the same with with North uh, Premiership reunions. Who leads? Who leads the charge? Oh, good question. Yeah, um, Sean Wren's a big driver. Jars loves, uh, yeah, <laughs> loves a, a beer or two, but Sean Wren's a real driver. More so, not so much being silly, I must admit, but he, he does enjoy it. But um, trying to get everyone together and, and um, you know, have a, have a good time because it's, it's a fantastic memory. But, um, you know, there's uh, there's quite a crew that it depends on depends on the year and who's around. Um, but uh, we haven't had one for a few years. But I think, I think there's something coming up actually this year to, to celebrate the back-to-back. I think it's 25 years since we went back-to-back, so I think there's a few, few things organised later in the year. So maybe if you ask me in about um, six or seven weeks, I might be able to give you a, uh, a bit of insight into who's, who's B.I.G. Uh, <laughs> Definitely oh, staying Well-deserved. They're well-deserved. Yeah, they're hard enough to get, but yeah, and you should be celebrating them for uh, many, many years. So, especially the back-to-back. Yeah, no fine achievement. Hey, mate, we've got to leave it there. But uh, thank you so much for taking our call tonight. Uh, it's been fantastic to go down memory lane and uh, well done on an extraordinary footy career, buddy. No problem, guys. Thanks for having me. Good on you. Thanks, Tyson. <laughs> Tyson Edwards, uh, two-time Adelaide Premiership star, 321 games.